GateWorld.net exclusive interviews, Ona Grauer. Hi, this is David Reed for GateWorld.net talking with Ona Grauer. Ona, thanks for taking time to chat with us. No problem. Ona, you played the first ancient that anyone has ever encountered, uh, much as Leonard Nimoy introduced the Vulcans with Spock. What was that like? Um, a little, a little daunting at, at first, but it was also a bit of, I don't know how much you know about me at all, but <laughs> it was a strange experience because I just had a baby before I did that job, so that was my first job back acting after, uh, since having my son. Oh, really? So, yeah, which was weird. To go back into the audition was crazy, and to think that, okay, well, now uh, not only is this job that I just got my first job back, but, um, but it's also playing this... You know this character that no one has ever, everyone's kind of waiting for. Mm. So it seemed like there was a lot of kind of not pressure that way, but I thought <laughs> it's kind of funny because I thought it would be easier when I read the script because she doesn't really say anything. <laughs> I thought, oh, thank God, my first job back after about a year. You know, I have three words to say, but it was really hard. Mm. It's way, it's way harder to try to act and not be able to talk. I, I thought it would be the opposite. I was like, oh, good, you just get to kind of sit around. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really, it was a really good experience, and um, everybody on set was wonderful. Like all the producers and the directors and everybody made it really uh, easy and fun, and the cast was great. So, mm. how was familiar, how familiar were you with uh, Stargate before you, uh, before trying out for the role of Ayana? Not very. I'm, I mean, I, I knew about it. I knew that it was a, you know, a popular show shot in Vancouver. I'd auditioned for other parts on it before, um, and then of course I did a little bit of research when I did the um, audition, even just auditioning for it, and I kind of learned about the ancients, and that's when I was even talking to my husband, going like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is the part that I'm going out for, and <laughs> what do you think, what do you think about it, what do you, and to, you know, to tell him that, that it was the first character that they're introducing in this long history of, of the show mm. was fun. Way better than just kind of doing a, uh, like a walk on other spot as like Susan Gill or something. You know, you get to be this like incredible character. So it was a good way to um, experience Stargate, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the process you went through for this role. Well, like I said, I was still um, breastfeeding. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was just a lot of... I remember when I went in for the audition, I kind of thought that because she was from a different world that she would be a little bit, at first I thought she'd be a little bit more primal, <laughs> which was my interpretation of it at first, and so when I went in um, for the audition, then then when they called me back, and actually after I even got the job, then I actually went in and met with the directors and, and talked to them, and they said, well, no, she's actually, you know, highly intelligent, it's not that she's at all, um, you know, like I said, just a primal is the only, it's the best word that I can describe mm. it, just because she doesn't say anything and when you don't speak a language and you're coming into another a new situation, I mean, I think we've all even felt it just traveling throughout the world as you go to a new culture and you feel more alive, like you feel more awake when you can't speak the language mm -hmm. and you, you're not sh quite sure of your surroundings, mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I started with it, and then just when they started filling me in on how intelligent she was and, and where she came from and her background and stuff, and I was pretty amazing and then it just kind of went from there and then we just kind of felt our way through it on set because because like I said I was the only one that they'd ever seen before so <laughs> we all just kind of felt our way through it I think mm. so so who do you believe Ayana was before she ended up frozen all those years ago along with what the producers had told you and and what you had decided on her backstory Ooh. <laughs> I 
that's kind of a tough question, only because she could have, I mean, she could have been anybody, and that's just kind of, I didn't really have a set, a set of rules going into it with uh-huh. her, uh-huh. just because, like I said, I think we were all just kind of feeling our way through. I don't think anybody really said that she was the, the leader of her people, or she was um, like a scientist of her people, or she was anything of her people. She was just kind of one of them that was that was found. And as you kind of go through the episode, you find out how intelligent she is, and that she does have these other powers. And for me, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really interpret her as being. And maybe it was coming from my sense of reality at home as well that I just kind of thought from the way that she was feeling about the people that she was helping that mm-hmm. it was just more of a what our human race should be like. Like, you should just be willing to help mm-hmm. no matter what. And I think that that's where her heart was coming from is that it wasn't really based on who she was in her society. It was just based on how her society worked, which was just under the pretense of you just kind of, you want to help people and help things. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily would interpret their race as being as destructive as maybe some other ones. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I could go older. Anyone else, you know? Yeah, it was pretty incredible that she... She was willing, I I think she probably knew going in that she was practically going to sacrifice her life to save all the scientists in SG-1. Yeah, and for me it just seemed like that wasn't a, that wasn't a a daunting thing for her. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it just kind of seemed like this is just what you do. This is the way that you live life, is that you give, Mm -hmm. and the more that you give, the more that you'll kind of receive, because that's what she did. Like, she, it didn't seem like she ever you know, would sit down and go, hmm, ha, huh, should I, should I not? What are, the, <laughs> what are the pros? What are the cons? What are the, it's just if, if something's placed in front of you, you just, you make a, a heartfelt decision about it is what it seemed like to me for her. That's a very strong message as well, you know. Yeah, it would be nice if we all lived like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> uh, Gate World reader Julia would like to know, uh, what was it like being in the block of ice in your introductory scene? Oh my goodness. It was it was crazy because I mean obviously it's it's light and magic and it's tricks of television but the block of ice was um, some sort of plastic that was a little bit hard it wasn't like jelly and then they placed some kind of jelly over it and then watered me down and the way that you know the first scene that where you see in the ice with my arm all cocked up by my head <laughs> we we had to do that a couple times because it was quite an unnatural position to be in. Half of my body kind of in this contraption and then just my face and my arm kind of sticking out. But then when they, you know, because they take Polaroids for continuity and stuff, and when I saw it for the first, you know, you kind of go, oh, my God, what am I doing? Because you're just in it. You can't see it. And when I first saw the Polaroid, that's when I just believed in everything that we were doing. I was Mm. like, this is incredible. Mm. This looks like I'm frozen in a block of ice. (laughs) It was amazing. Did you find it claustrophobic or did you just take it all in stride? No, because it was really kind of peaceful, too. It was Uh, Parker Lewis? Yes! And that was one of my favorite shows. 
<laughs> and so when I finally clued in, it took. It wasn't until about the second day that we were working to the, together that I remember I kind of said his name and I was like, "Hey, Corin, come here." And I was like, "Wait a minute, did you do that show? The show?" And he was like, "Parker Lewis, yeah." And I was like, "I love that show, but he is a sweet, sweet guy and really cute." So, <laughs> so you guys suddenly <laughs> had a lot. him for a week. <laughs> so you guys suddenly had a lot to talk about then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was just so nice, and also I, you know, I got to talk to to um, Mr. Dean Anderson because my mom had done um, when he was doing MacGyver in Vancouver years ago uh-huh. my mom had done some catering on it oh. so I remember she was and she I, when she, at the time that she was doing it I may have been 13 or 14 but she'd come home every day and go he's so cute <laughs> he's so handsome <laughs> she would just you know gloat over him and how she got to spend the day kind of seeing him and stuff so that was funny to tell him I was like yeah my mom had a crush on you <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure he gets all the time. I think women all over the world have a crush on him. So. Yeah. Um, how do you approach playing a part that has so little dialogue? It was uh, That was the first time that I had ever done anything like that. And like I said, I was really naive in thinking that it would be easy. <laughs> the easier to just kind of hang out and look this way and look that way. And mm-hmm. But um, it's... It's a lot like learning another language, I suppose, because you've got to try to figure out how to get across what you're trying to say without language. And like I said before, the only thing that I can say is that I just tried to remember, you know, we went to Thailand one year, and I've been to Mexico a couple times to see my dad, and, and it's just, it's, it's beautiful when you can't speak to each other, because then you've got to try to figure it out. You have to really try to, you know, get across and portray what you're feeling. And, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of times where I felt like I was just doing a sh- job I was like I don't think any of this is getting across I don't know what you know what it looks like on camera I don't know if all I'm doing is blinking my eyes or you know but you just try to just really feel it mm-hmm. and and hope that people can see it mm-hmm. yeah so that was a little interesting but it was it was a great experience do you think the small amount of dialogue allowed you to improve on your performance and perhaps make it more credible well I don't know and I guess <laughs> this is it's this is one performance where it's, it's crazy that, that um, people seem to be so interested in it because even when I watched it for the first time, I was kind of like, oh, my God, oh, no, I didn't, I just didn't know how I felt about it. But then it's, it's different when you're watching yourself, I suppose. But it was much different watching yourself and when you couldn't talk and, and, and even when I was like, what did you think to my husband? I was like, I don't know, did it, was it, did it seem like it was okay? Did it seem like it all came across? And he was like, yeah, I think, you, you know, you did a great job, but... For me, it was one of those one of those experiences where you just weren't sure of what you were doing and, and how it was going to come across and mm-hmm. how people were going to interpret it and whether people were going to go, what a crock of shit, I can't believe she thought she was actually getting away with it, you know, <laughs> or if they were going to go like, wow, I really understand what she was trying to do. So it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just one of those experiences where I don't know if I'll ever feel 100% about it just because it was... Um, you just kind of leave it up to everybody else to mm-hmm. go, no, I think this was good, or this take was really good, or, okay, let's move on to the next scene. And mm-hmm. you're kind of relying on everybody else to say, that was good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't have much to, to, to go by, because normally you can hear yourself speak, or you have dialogue with another actor, or, you know, where this one was just purely visual, and it was on the monitor that everybody else was watching, and I didn't see any of it. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, I don't know. Well, we think you did a phenomenal job. So there. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Gate World reader Crystal wants to know if you had any, any overall any interesting experiences while filming Frozen. 
the the actual Frozen scene? Well, no, 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 no. The I mean the the entire oh, scope of the, the episode. episode yeah. Um, uh, probably the most interesting that maybe nobody cares about because it doesn't have much to do with the episode, <laughs> but would be the breastfeeding in between takes. <laughs> and I was in this block of ice, and I don't know for all the women out there who have ever nursed, is like you, you're your chest swells up and you don't know what to do and there you still have three more scenes to shoot and and it's true what they say that if your baby's in the trailer crying that you actually kind of start lactating a bit so we had to make sure that my wardrobe wasn't getting like all <laughs> wet and we had to keep, kind of keep checking it so, which was kind of fun because it kept i have to say that it kept all the men on set on their toes because <laughs> everyone was kind of like oh okay um now we're talking about breasts all day, every day, for six days. So that was kind of fun to watch them all squirm. <laughs> so you actually brought your son on set? Yeah, he came uh, He came to set um, with my mom, because my mom's pretty much the, our only other caregiver. But mm -hmm. um, I was just, I was almost crying in the morning that I left. I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm going back to work, and I have this baby, and is this right? Should he be on set? Should I just be at home? But um, a, a lot of the people, like a lot of people on set, all through the makeup trailer, there was pictures of people's kids and nieces and nephews. So everyone was like, oh, your baby's here. <laughs> and, you know, the director and producers all have kids. So they were telling me about when they get to be nine months and when they get to be two years old and all these things. So that was a great experience. A lot of extra input on the way. A lot of extra input. And then, like I said, just everybody on set was so nice and so friendly. And we just had such... Um, interesting talks. Like, it just... It, it helps when you meet people on set that aren't... Um, I don't know, we talked about real stuff, about real life, not about who's, who's your agent and what projects have you done, and, mm -hmm. and that's what kind of happens on set a lot of times, and mm -hmm. it's just, that to me is the part of the industry that I hate, is <laughs> that part, but, you know, we'd all just talk about our lives and, and our experiences and our mm -hmm. travels and our, you know, worries and our loves, and, and that made work really special, I think, for everybody. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, early drafts for the uh, SG-1 Season 7 finale showed Ayana amongst other ancients, before they fled the region that's now Antarctica, leaving her behind. Right. Were you aware of this? I was when they, when they first brought me in to talk about the character. They had kind of gone through um, some pictures and, and told me a little bit about it. Um, but that was pretty much all I knew. Okay, so the scenes never made it to the cameras? No. Okay. Yeah, because uh, there, there was a rumor going around for a while that the Lost City actually integrated parts of your character, and we were really excited about maybe seeing if you actually took part in that. Yeah, no, unfortunately, I remember them saying, you know, I remember seeing, um, um, like you said, like pictures in the drawings of it, and, mm -hmm. and, and they were talking about it for a while, but I think, I'm pretty sure they just decided not to go that way. Mm -hmm. okay. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> well, you never know, there's a season eight, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, is it true that you auditioned for a role in Stargate Atlantis? Yes, I did. And I can't even remember her name now. It's been so long. Is it Taylor? Yes. Yeah, I auditioned for Taylor, and I went back for a callback. And at first, when, the, when it came across, I, that was the first thing. Is I called my agent, and I said, you know what? I've already been seen as an ancient. That was a pretty big deal, it seems. Like, can mm -hmm. they bring me back as this other... Um, it was like a, you know, a, a different race, but right. not an ancient and not human. So... Um, and they said no. They're you know they're all really interested in seeing you for this part. So I'm not even sure if that's been cast yet or what's happening with that. But that was uh, even just based on the people involved made right. me really happy. Right. Well, good luck with that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know how Atlanta's casting is shaping up otherwise? 
No, I don't. I know that they were, um, after they had uh, cast in Vancouver, which is the session that I went in for, I know that they went to Toronto and Los Angeles as well. And like I said, I have no idea the standings of it yet. I haven't heard anything. Okay. Is, uh, did you work with David Palfi on House of the Dead? Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, I did, and he's awesome. <laughs> I have, I, I uh, personally have not seen it yet, but... Uh, House yeah. of the Dead? Yes, I have not seen it yet. Um, it's, it's an interesting... <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> it's, I mean, I wouldn't take my grandmother to see it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that kind of movie. It's, it's basically the type of movie for people that are, I would say, interested in the video game and interested in um, those genre types of films. But, mm. you know, if I was going for a dinner date with my mom, well, my mom's different. <laughs> I think she'd see anything I did. <laughs> but Deep Evil is another movie that I just did, and it just came out, which was funny because we were just flipping channels before we went to bed the other night. And, mm. and Aaron said, wait a minute, isn't this the movie you just did? And so I was like, yeah, I think it is. And I didn't know that it was out yet, so we sat and watched oh. that, which was fun. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any projects planned that uh, you want us to be looking for? I would say just the Deep Evil one that just came out. I think it's going to be at Blockbuster as well. It should be available. I thought they said the end of February. That's why I was surprised to see it already on TV, but it's already on, like, Adrenaline Drive and Movie Max and, okay. and those channels. And that's one that, uh, you know, we shot in 14 days on a really low budget. Uh-huh. And... Um, none of us really knew how it was going to turn out and I'm really impressed with it okay. really really happy with it so that's nice it's nice to you know um, feel 100% about promoting something <laughs> <laughs> well we'll be uh, we'll be uh, certainly looking for that and good luck with uh, anything you plan on uh, doing in the near future or the far future for that matter thank you so much well thanks for uh, taking time to chat with us Ona. well thanks for taking the time to chat with me that was lovely <laughs> <laughs> GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate.